So chronic stress, again, there's a lot of research that just shows that it certainly isn't good for the health in terms of it can create long-term health conditions or for people that have pre-existing conditions, it affects that. It affects sleep, it affects mood, it affects how we feel, it affects cognitive function. So when we are in chronic stress, we're literally producing cortisol and adrenaline stress hormones over and over again. And so that wears down the body, which means we're more in a sympathetic state. This is the Hello 20s podcast. My name is Jan and I'm your host. I'm a corporate professional during the day, a digital content creator by night, and really just a 20-something year old trying to navigate life while sprinkling a little knowledge and wisdom here and there. Let's face it, we don't have it all figured out, but we can learn a little from each other along the way. And I'm so glad you are tuning in on today's episode. Hello everyone, welcome to this episode of Hello 20s. I'm so grateful you guys are here today tuning in. Today we are going to talk about stress reduction and our guest is Sophia Cavalli. I have known about Sophia and her work for almost a year now and so I thought she would be a great guest to come on and talk about stress reduction. I mean we have all dealt with stress, right? And it's important to learn about stress management and reduction because although stress is an emotional and mental state, it does affect our physical state as well. We can't control our environment and sometimes we can't control who's around us. But one thing we can control is just how we react and cope with stress. I think sometimes being under stress is such a normal feeling for some of us that when you don't feel it, you feel anxious because you're so used to feeling stress that when you aren't feeling stress, you feel like something's wrong or something's missing. So I think it's really important important to recognize when you are under stress how to calm yourself down and have a more calmer and neutral state be your normal instead of having stress be your normal. Prolonged stress can do a lot of damage to our body as well. So that is all I have to say for this intro. Thank you again so much for tuning in. Let's start the conversation with Sophia. Hi, Sophia. Welcome to the Hello 20s podcast. How are you doing today? Great. How are you doing, Jan? It's a pleasure to be here with you and your audience. Uh, thank you. I'm doing really well. I'm so glad. It's um, We're recording this on a Wednesday. The week is almost done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really excited to, you know, have you here, have this conversation, and also learn a little from you. Again, I'm very excited to be here with all of you today and looking forward to sharing some tips that your audience can apply, both in the short term and the long term. Great. I'm excited. So, Sophia, you are a neuroscience and stress reduction coach. How did you and when did you get started with this? You know, I really like that question because this is something that I was actually very passionate about for a long time. So my undergraduate degrees in psychology and in college, I was very fascinated with the brain and my coursework was something that I always really enjoyed. And so after that, in my mid twenties, I actually got, um, some health issues happening. And so it sent me on this entire journey around understanding better the mind body connection. And Mm -hmm. so it set me on this trajectory and that's really when it all started. 
So I would say, you know, over two decades ago. And so it's been over two decades of study, research, and applying what I know works well for people both in my own life and with clients. So I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people. And it's been this incredible journey of continuing to to learn and study and apply the best of what I know with my clients. That's great. And I think right now people are realizing that, you know, the mind and the body is really connected. So you have to really take care of the mind in order to take care of your body as well. Absolutely. And what we think can affect the body and vice versa, and it can create these feedback loops. So there's a thing that can happen around, you know, like even our breathing. So right now, for example, as we're all wearing face masks, I have found myself holding my breath or my breathing being more shallow. And as that happens, we literally are training our body to go into a stress mode. So even just our breath and how we breathe can put us into a physiological state of stress, which then can affect how we're thinking. And Yeah, yeah. I've noticed that like when I do put on the mask, it is a little bit harder. It's not as easy as not having a mask, but it is still very important to have that mask on, especially right now. So I want to ask you, when you work with your client, how do you help them? And, and that's a tremendous question in that it's, it's different every time in terms of everyone has different individual needs. I have a, an extensive toolbox, but really it, it falls into three categories. So first and foremost, I help people reduce their stress. So mm-hmm. when we're stressed, we cannot access certain parts of our brain. And our amygdala, our fight or flight, will kick in and we literally at times cannot access our prefrontal cortex, which is the part of our brain located at the forefront, which actually allows us to problem solve, regulate our emotions. Uh, That's where we have like creative thinking, we can be adaptable and flexible. And so when you're thinking about what's happening right now in the world, when we can't access that, then we're gonna behave differently. I mean, I, I think, I have certainly found myself um, maybe getting frustrated in a way that I wouldn't normally. And maybe you say something that you wouldn't normally say. Have you ever done that before? (laughs) Yeah, especially when I'm stressed, like over the top stress. (laughs) Yeah, you know, we might actually say something we regret afterwards because our amygdala has hijacked us, right? And so Daniel Mm -hmm. Goldman wrote a book called Emotional Intelligence, and he coined that the amygdala hijacking. So that takes over. And within seconds, we're reacting versus responding because we mm-hmm. can't access a certain part of our brain that's literally gone offline. When we're not mm-hmm. stressed, then we can access that part of the brain. So when we think about changing careers, making decisions about money right now, um, our relationships, we want to be able to access all parts of our brain. And certainly that prefrontal cortex part where we can problem solve and we have empathy, we can tap into high level reasoning skills. We want to be able to navigate our emotions and regulate, uh, you know, fear or, or anger or frustration. So it's really a whole brain experience when we can do that. That's great. So I, I know that you have this integrated method called the neural method. I would love to just learn a little bit from you and how you develop that and how that works as well. 
Sure, I'm happy to share that. And it's really the culmination of 20 years of research and study and application with clients over the years. And it draws from insights from neuroscience, positive psychology, and high performance training and different wellness modalities that I've studied. So it's really, again, pulling from all of those experiences, from all of those studies and coming up with really three things. So first, reducing stress. And the second thing is really identifying what are the blocks or the patterns that are holding people from getting them from where they want to be. So that could be anything from, again, like changing careers, changing a job, asking for a raise, um, falling in love, <laughs> you know, what, whatever it might be. Um, and so then, and then actually clearing those blocks. And so, for example, I do have a young man that I worked with and he was in his mid twenties and he was very attractive and had an amazing personality. And so he could go on dates with people and had a lot of opportunities However, he wasn't really connecting with people. He didn't really want to have a girlfriend. And so mm -hmm. we worked together and over a very short amount of time, he was able to identify what, what were the blocks that were holding him back. Those were cleared. And I'm happy to say that he uh, not only fell in love, he's getting married um, in the middle of, of next year. And so he'd never been in love before, but we were able to clear the blocks that were in the way. And so this created mm -hmm. new neurological patterns and biological patterns. So when we have new neural pathways, we'll actually feel differently and act differently. So it's, mm -hmm. it's again, it's a whole brain, the whole body experience by these little tiny shifts and these very simple things that we can do to have big, profound impacts. Do you think it has any, like, do you think affirmations help with that as well? Like removing and rewiring your brain to think differently about yourself? You know, I absolutely love this question because I was just <laughs> having this conversation uh, with a client today. And so uh -huh. we were talking about that and they're also a huge proponent of the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. And so we were doing this exercise. And so there's a lot uh, extensive amount of research that literally shows that when we acknowledge what we're feeling, not what we want to be feeling, but what we're, we're actually feeling, it can calm the amygdala down. So okay. one thing that we can do, this is a tip that, that I'll share right now, even uh -huh. is if we can just acknowledge what we're feeling, that can create a shift, neurological and biological shifts. Because again, it gets us out of that fight or flight. So when we're feeling really anxious or we're feeling angry or we're feeling frustrated because we have so much change that's happening right now. And, you know, I joke around and I say, we're drinking change through a fire hose right now. <laughs> you know, there's just so much stuff that's happening, right? And we have been. And so mm -hmm. when we just acknowledge what we're feeling, then it can dissipate and it it can actually soften the emotional charge. And then the second mm -hmm. step to that also is to actually name it. So it's like if you feel what you're actually feeling and then you say, for example, I feel frustrated, even actually literally mm -hmm. saying that in your mind or out loud does the same thing. It does further to do that. So to your point around affirmations, affirmations are wonderful. However, if we are feeling 
super frustrated and angry and we're saying out loud over and over in our mind or um, verbally, I feel great. I feel great. There's a disconnect happening, right? So the mind mm-hmm. and the body are like, but that's not truth. Now, when yeah. we say I feel frustrated and we actually feel it and then acknowledge it and then maybe pivot somewhere in between to, I am willing to feel good. Then there's a bridge like and then you can get to the affirmation. And so that's why people sometimes get so frustrated because they're like, well, I'm saying positive things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've actually had this conversation with my friends and she says that, you know, affirmation is part of it. If you just say it, it's just glazing over, you know, you're not really digging out all the the bad stuff you need to dig out all the bad stuff and then you say your affirmation and then it's it actually goes inside of you instead of just glazing over I like what you said though yeah and so even just acknowledging what you're currently feeling and you know that's something that I'd like to really address right now too because Mm -hmm. I think that you know as we move forward and we think about being resilient during this unprecedented time. I mean, none of us, whatever our ages, have ever lived through a pandemic before. Yeah. We, you know, we, we've not done it. There's all of these changes. Um, wherever we are in our career or in life, there's a lot to navigate right now. Definitely. And what this time has done is life before was so fast paced. It's like, go, 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 go. And so many of us got into a pattern of not really feeling what we were feeling or even being aware of it. So now life has forced us to stop and be still. And all of a sudden we have all of these feelings, many of which we didn't even know we were feeling before. And so some of us are wired to completely avoid what we're feeling, right? Because it's like, it's uncomfortable. I don't want to feel angry. We, we might think that's a negative emotion. So that's counter to what uh, I, I should be feeling. And so as we can mm-hmm. just allow ourselves to feel what we're feeling without judgment and maybe even be curious about it, then again, we can start shifting and it loses its power and charge, if you will, over us. So I think there's been a lot of that for people. And I've certainly had many conversations with my clients. I've found myself, this is an emotional time. I mean, some days you're you're feeling, you know, you're just going through this whole cycle of all of these different emotions. And I know in the beginning of the pandemic, I was feeling very different. And then, so this is an incredible opportunity for us to gain emotional mastery and to just mm-hmm. be okay with what we're feeling. So no, no matter what's going on, we can give ourselves the opportunity to still feel good, right? To yeah, still have that opportunity by, by feeling, but we have to feel what we're feeling so that we can again, close that gap. So it's like to make an analogy, you know, when we started out in kindergarten, we weren't able to read at the level of high school, we have to start somewhere. So we need to feel what we're feeling so that we can go up that emotional scale to maybe get to gratitude, right? But mm-hmm. so we don't go from feeling very, very frustrated, or very angry to then in a second feeling gratitude. It's feeling it, letting it pass and clear. And, mm-hmm. and that simple, I mean, the simplicity of just feeling what you feel and then naming it can rewire our body. I mean, the research shows that. That's why 
meditation and mindfulness now are getting such incredible traction during this time. Yeah, definitely. I remember even before, like a year before this pandemic hit, I was really just not trying to deal with my emotions. I think it was because I was going through post-grad and like finding a job and everything was already stressful enough. I didn't want to deal with all the emotions. And now that this has hit, (laughs) I really just slowed down. I was like, okay, I need to like dig out everything that's like rotting inside and just figure everything out. And slowing down has been good, especially I think in your 20s, people say like, you need to travel, you need to do this, you need to do that. And, you know, now that we're forced to slow down, it's been really good on the body and the mind. So I agree with what you said. Yeah, that's that's great. You know, people face stress, no one's, you know, immune to it at all. But some people are better at managing it than others. What do you think is the reason that some people are better at managing stress compared to other people? I, th- I think it's a, a really excellent question. And it's, I mean, there's a number of reasons. And, you know, first I would say too that, so from the time, even before we're born, our subconscious mind, like in the third trimester through age seven is literally just downloading everything that's happening to us, like mm-hmm. recording everything. And what it's doing is it's giving meaning to that. So we can think of it as almost like social media. So this conversation that we're having right now, um, let's say as a young, you know, a baby all the way up to age seven, if we're having this conversation and let's say you say something to me and it's upsetting, then, then my brain is going to put talking with yawn means X, Y, or Z. And it's almost like it creates a hashtag. And so then what will happen is that because we are processing millions of bits of information every second, then our subconscious mind is sorting, sorting, sorting. And so it's something happens. And because we have this quote unquote hashtag, it puts it all together, which is Mm -hmm. why even children living within the same family have such different um, recollection of what happened, right? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, this experience happened and they have a they give different meanings to it. So when you have that happening, that means that each and every person on this planet has different hashtags for the same thing that's happened based on things that they experienced when they were younger. So our subconscious mind is giving meaning to things, which means you and I are having this conversation and we're going to experience it differently based on our hashtags. So that's one thing in the subconscious Uh mind. And then the second thing is also that you and I, based on our experiences and based on how we process information and based on our bodies, we process our experiences very differently, right? And we're mm-hmm. all different. And then there are environmental stressors and then there are, you know, all of these different stressors. So it's not just one answer, but I think that the hashtag answer explanation kind of gives you a window into why we can do different things and why we can't do certain things. This is the same thing that I see a lot with clients as well is they'll want to achieve something. And there are a lot of areas in their life that are going really well. So for example, for you, Jan, sounds like your career, obviously you've got your podcast here. You're, you're having a lot of success. <laughs> Thank so, you. So this obviously is going really well in your life. And most people have areas in their life that are going really well. And then maybe another area that's not going so well. And, and so a lot of times that has to do with the unconscious mind, right? It's an unconscious block that they don't know that they have. So they might be able to make some progress there 
or not, but it's like consistent. It's like a cyclical thing. They just can't seem to quite be able to get that in, whether it's relationships, whether it's their health or whether it's finances or their career. But, you know, each and every one of us always has an area that's something that's not uh, going in the direction at the level that we want it to. And that's the unconscious at play. And so, so how do you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, go so ahead. How do you, sorry. How do you unblock the unconscious? Cause the unconscious controls a lot of your mind without you being aware of it, but how do you dive deep there consciously, you know? Yeah. And that's a wonderful question. And so that's part of my, that is part of my <laughs> signature method. Uh um, the integrated neuro method. So that's a component. So I have this uncanny ability to be able to see what is blocking someone and then help Mm -hmm. them move through it through a series of the different techniques that I have. And so um, there's a number of ways that a person can do that. And I would say also just very in the most simplest of terms, when we are just being aware of what we're saying or what we're doing, then we're not in our unconscious mind. And so, so many of us, as we were talking about before, we're going mm-hmm. so fast, working, working, and just getting stuff done and going on to the next thing without necessarily being aware of our breathing or being aware of our bodies or being aware of how we were actually feeling. So when we can do that, then we can make different choices. That's very simplified, right? But without going into my whole technique, which is very experiential, um, mm-hmm. then, but I'm happy to, to certainly talk, talk you through s- some things, of course, but yeah. it's, so it's a very experiential experience. It happens very, very quick and very fast. From my research, I know that there is like good stress and bad stress, right? The good one is what motivates you to get things done. It's that little kick. And then the bad stress is you know, it does a lot of damage to your mind and to your body. So could you maybe elaborate on the negative long-term effects of stress on the body and the mind if you don't learn to manage and reduce it? Yeah, absolutely. So chronic stress, again, there's a lot of research that just shows that it certainly isn't good for the health in terms of it can create long-term health conditions or for people that have pre-existing conditions, it affects that, it affects sleep, mm-hmm. it affects mood, it affects how we feel, it affects cognitive function. So when we are in chronic stress, we're literally producing cortisol and adrenaline stress hormones over and over again. And so that wears down the body, which means mm-hmm. we're more in a sympathetic state. And when we're in that sympathetic state, we're in that fight or flight mode, which means Mm -hmm. the body over extended periods of time is thinking that a tiger's coming after me, right? (laughs) That it's life or death, which is, you know, very rarely within a given month, are we actually confronted with something that's life or death, but the body goes into that state. So we literally stop doing things like digesting our food as well because we're pulling energy from our digestive system because a tiger supposedly is coming after us. So we want to be more in parasympathetic where we are resting, digesting, and, you know, like rebuilding the body, restoring the body. So we don't have those stress hormones happening. In fact, we have other hormones happening that make us feel good. 
So mm -hmm. dopamine, for example, like you talked about stress can get us motivated, like dopamine can put us into action. But again, prolonged states, you know, um, when we're just in this action, 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 then, you know, again, it's in excess and it's over extended period of time. It's, it's not good for us. And then again, when we have lots of cortisol and adrenaline in our bodies, it's, it's just can, it can begin that process of really, you know, breaking down the body, which isn't good. All right. I definitely felt that last week, actually, because at work, I was I, I had a project that was due and I was over stressed about it. I just wasn't eating well. And I, I knew I was like really stressed. So I definitely felt it felt it in my body when I am like overly stressed. Um, but from your experience working with clients, leaders, athletes, and many more, what are some common stressors that you see? Um, you know, some common stressors, believe it or not, uh, are around belief systems. So oh. even at the highest levels of achievement, so many people still feel that they're not good enough in some way, whether they're not good enough speaker or they're not a good enough writer or they're not a good enough communicator, you know, what, whatever it may be, or they're not organized enough or you know, so they have all of these different beliefs that that block them. Also, even just a fear of success of going to that next level. And part mm -hmm. of that is also because of the unknown. So we have a lot of unknowns right now. If, I mean, yeah. if there's anything that we are living right now is unknown overload. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so what happens when we have all of these unknowns is that our brain again, that prefrontal cortex will go offline and mm -hmm. it will go into worry or anxiety because it makes it feel productive. It makes it feel like you're getting something done. So you just shared that story about this work deadline that you had and you were feeling all these feelings. And so yeah. what I always encourage people to do is to get clear about what is it that you do know or to break something down into small little tasks. So today, what is it that you do know or towards something that you want? So for, for you and your career, you know how to do a podcast, right? You know how to get guests, you know what it takes, you know how, you know, you've learned all the technology, you know that. Now you might not know the next topic, but you know that. So you focus on that and then you go from there so that mm -hmm. again, you can, call back online that part of your brain that likes clarity, that likes facts, that likes truth. And then you yeah. can start making, uh, you know, a, a, some headway in that direction. You know, I do want to share something if, if you mm -hmm. would like, I have something yeah. really simple that people can do. It's because you yeah, again, were again, sharing that um, story of yours about being stressed. And it's just yeah. a, such a simple breathing exercise. Okay. And so, I'll just invite you, um, you can either close your eyes or keep your eyes open. And we're mm -hmm. just going to do four cycles of breathing. So this will take maybe 60 seconds. Okay. And so we're going to inhale for three, and then we're going to inhale for six. And so we're just going to do that cycle four times. So inviting okay. you now to just inhale for three. And then exhale slowly for six. And then inhale for three. And slow exhale. 
and inhale for three. And slow exhale. And then one last time. And slow exhale. So if you tune in now and just notice. Everything seems calmer. Right. And so that was like 60 seconds. Yeah. So that particular style of breathing, again, has um, specific things that it's doing in the body and it can activate the parasympathetic. So it can shift you from that sympathetic to parasympathetic. And so that was 60 seconds. And so this is something that anyone can do anywhere, too. Yeah, you can be driving, you can be in front of your computer, you can be anywhere. And in fact, you can even be zooming (laughs) and have your eyes open, right? And just, yeah. And, you know, people want you could do it very slowly through your mouth, like, you know, closed mouth, just barely parched lips. And Mm -hmm. people wouldn't even notice especially if you're on a call with a group and somebody says something and you, you feel yourself getting frustrated. Yeah. And so that's the other thing I would say too, that as you can do things in the moment or even in your mind say, okay, I feel frustrated. What is it I'm feeling? I feel frustrated and just mm-hmm. be with that. And then it can shift. So the more we do that, that again can rewire and, you know, create more regulation within with all of this chaos that we have going on. Yeah. And you mentioned like we are living in a uncertain overload time right now. So, you know, when people turn on the news, um, the tone is very bleak. And this does affect a lot of people's mental state and moods. And, you know, we can't really ignore the situation that is going on around us. But how can we learn to thrive in this uncertain environment? And, you know, I think it's, it's such an individual thing because we're all mm-hmm. learning so much about ourselves. And, and I love this question about the news. So I'm going to yeah. just share uh, what I'm doing. And then my clients have, we've all talked about this. And so I have a rule for myself where I limit my news time to, to one day a week. And I only read articles. I don't watch the news. I read articles. Now, Mm -hmm. uh, as I'm looking up something on my phone, of course, stuff's coming up and I'm seeing stuff, but I don't click on the articles. I can see the headlines. And then one day a week, I read articles for a certain amount of time, no more than an hour and a half. And that's what I do. And that's what works for me now in this process. That's my own personal process. I'm being totally transparent. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I have clients of mine that will say, well, I'm only going to watch a certain amount in the morning or at Mm -hmm. night. And so I would also say for, for everyone, as you're deciding when to watch the news and how much news you're watching, I would invite you not to do that right before you go to sleep. Because again, yeah. you're filling up your mind uh, mm-hmm. with, with things that are upsetting right before you go to sleep. Right before mm-hmm. you go to sleep, you want to be thinking about what you're grateful for. And that wires mm-hmm. your brain and your body very differently to be doing that. Like bef- right mm-hmm. before you're going to sleep, in fact, 
if you're thinking about things that you're grateful for. So the news can be very addicting for people and it can make them, you know, we just talked about how the brain likes facts and clarity, right? The prefrontal cortex. So it can make them make people feel like, okay, I'm getting some clarity. I'm getting some facts. But again, when you're watching that for extended periods of time, again, it's emotionally very taxing, right? Mm -hmm. It's hard not to watch all of that for an extended period of time and not feel anxious and not feel some fear and not feel worry. So Mm -hmm. I would say find the formula that works for you and limit your time and stick to that. That's great. That's great. And, you know, you talked about not watching it um, at night because at night you want to feel gratitude before you go to sleep. Um, But, you know, some people, they, they seem to have a hard time managing stress to the point that it's very hard for them to go to sleep because there's just all these running thoughts that keep them up at night. So what is something that they can do to help with that? Yeah, that's a great question. And And so I think even just before going to bed, it's having some going to bed habits that are Mm -hmm. nurturing. Yeah. (laughs) So whether that is, you know, a couple hours before bed, you know, the lights, you dim the lights, you listen to calming music, you maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe you take a bath or you take a shower, or maybe you read uh, a novel, not the news, Mm -hmm. but you you read the (laughs) novel or... Uh, you know, you drink some tea, but, but you're, you're telling your mind and your body, it's time to wind down and let the day go. And then Mm -hmm. even this, that breathing technique that we just did, you can do that before going to bed and you're resetting yourself to again, Mm -hmm. go parasympathetic and relax. There's a, some other techniques that I certainly have that I teach people too. But again, I, it's not something I can talk through over the Mm-hmm. the airwaves here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I get um, it, but there's, but there's some things. And again, you know, like what you're grateful for writing it down and some people wake up in the middle of the night right now too. And so I would say just keep a tablet and, and pen at the bed next, next to you. And you wake up, you remember something and then write it down and then go back to sleep instead of you, yeah. you've woken up because you have this great idea or you're worried about something or you forgot to do something and then you don't want to forget. And then you're now you're up for the rest of the night. I don't know if you've ever That's, had that happen or not. You're that shaking is so your funny head. That, <laughs> yeah, no, the other night I was like, don't forget this. Don't forget this. And then I was like, my head's on my pillow ready. And then I was like, maybe I should get up and write it. And I was like, no, I'm too lazy to get out of my bed. I just told myself, don't forget it. Don't forget it. The next morning I forgot it. And I only remember it. I told myself, don't forget it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So just keep a, you know, I keep a, a little sh- small notepad and pen just right by my bed. And then you just, you know, you don't have to get out of bed and then you just write it down and then you go back to sleep. Like what I said about um, my project at work the other day, I was super stressed about it. And I don't know if this happens to other people, but sometimes I get so stressed, I get overwhelmed and I just don't feel like doing anything at all. It's like that good stress that's supposed to motivate me. It just burns me out instead. So why does that happen? Do you think it's because of fear? And how is that something that you can overcome? We all have those different tolerance levels to stress that we were talking about before, right? And so you, 
yeah. you know, we reach them at a, at a different point. And so I always recommend that at that point, you just stop and you take a break because mm-hmm. you're in a thought loop, you're in a biological loop, and you're in a neurological loop around that stress. So I would say do something to interrupt it, which means if you're at your desk or you're in front of your laptop, you get up and you go get a glass of water, or but you interrupt that once you feel that intensity, and then you do something mm-hmm. like that breathing that I just taught you to reset, and then you come back, but you take a break because a lot of times when we get into that loop, we want to go harder, try harder. And so we're just feeding that cycle. So first things first, interrupt it. And it can be just breathing. It's like physically getting up and moving. It's doing something else. It's, uh, you know, sometimes it's listening to something that is very calming to you, or maybe it's something that a song that makes you really happy, but you're interrupting it. You purposely interrupt that, that loop. So for Mm -hmm. you, when you think about when you get to that place, what is something that, that you've done in the past? Like, how do you get yourself out of that? Like, are there, is there something that works for you? <laughs> this is probably a really bad habit, but I go on my phone. And that's, okay. it, it really is a bad habit because my break is I go on my phone, but then I end up scrolling on social media for so long. So I definitely need to, I think I need to do something more physical, like, remove myself from the environment for a bit and then come back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just taking a break, but again, you're like breaking that cycle and you Mm -hmm. know, on your phone, I'm actually going to share something too, that I believe can help a lot of people. I tell all my clients this. Okay. So right now we are all spending more time on our phones and in front of our computers than we ever have. Yeah. And maybe also in front of our televisions. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And what that is doing is it's giving us excessive exposure to blue light. Mm -hmm. So neurosurgeon um, Dr. Cruz equates excessive blue light exposure to the equivalent of taking a piece of steak and putting it in a microwave. Okay. And so the reason that that's happening is that we have trillions of cells in our body. And when we are looking at blue light, it dehydrates us. So two things yeah. that we can do that can help our stress immediately, like right now and in the mm-hmm. long term, can be so like right now as we're speaking, I have blue light blocking glasses on. I also have my laptop on night mode. Mm-hmm. So if you go to your settings and find brightness, and you can put it on night mode. So I have it on night mode twenty three hours a day, which means when okay. I'm only you know like when I'm sleeping, it's on all the time. I also did that on my phone. And so I've literally had a client say, oh my goodness, I am breaking up with Netflix because (laughs) I'm on my phone, I'm on my laptop, and then I'm watching all kinds of movies at night. So they literally changed and now they're reading more and they're just doing other things so that they're not Mm -hmm. getting blue light exposure 12, 14, 16 hours a day. Um, And the second thing is to drink water because we are getting exposed to a lot of blue light. So drink more water so that we're hydrated so that we don't go into physiological stress just because we're dehydrated. Okay. I Yeah, I like that. Um, I, I know that sometimes 
when I do when I don't drink enough water, I do get headaches, especially if I am looking at screens for so long. And I am looking at my screen for a lot because I have work that's on my laptop. And then I go on my phone and I watch TV and then I come back to my laptop. It's like I never the only time I don't look at my screen is when I'm sleeping. <laughs> right. So am I hearing you're breaking up with Netflix soon? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> Maybe that'll help with my credit card bill. <laughs> so I know you you study evidence-based strategies what exactly is that and how do you use that in your practice breathing how we breathe what I showed you that's based on science Um, meditation Mm -hmm. and mindfulness there's so much research related to that I also have um, a cutting edge technique that I use with people that that also within five minutes can rewire someone's um brain in fact there's research Mm -hmm. that shows that over six weeks it shows um on brain scans how it literally does rewire the brain so within Mm -hmm. just five minutes someone can think and feel so differently about something so all of that is based on different things that i've studied and so again there's a way to breathe you you can just breathe which we do all day long but what i just Uh taught you has an impact right that very simple three breaths in six out. Um, mm-hmm. and that's toning the vagus nerve. Again, this is a little, we don't have enough time to go into all of that, but <laughs> you into parasympathetic. And uh-huh. so there's these simple things that we can do for big impacts. But so the solutions and the strategies that I offer to people are very practical. They're day to day in the moment, they can use them and And then there's the compounded benefits of over time. So like meditation Mm -hmm. and mindfulness have shown to, again, shrink the amygdala. So stop that fight or flight. And it it can even have us live as long, um, add additional 10 years to our life. And we can live longer by meditating. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely know that there has been, I read some studies about that where there are people who meditate more often actually have a longer life expectancy, which Mm -hmm. is amazing. Um, And then my last question for you, um, you know, I actually read some stuff about rewiring the brain. I think it's really interesting how you can actually rewire your brain and there's like neural pathways. So how is someone able to rewire their brain to think differently and handle situations better? or just enjoy a situation more? For example, someone who doesn't enjoy doing a certain task, how can they rewire the brain to not react the way that they usually do and just enjoy it a little bit more? Yeah, it's, and it's a great question. And I touched on it just a little bit ago. So there, again, so like meditation does uh, over time rewire mindfulness and there are shortcuts for like, how, there are ways that you can meditate that can do that faster, um, mm-hmm. that can rewire your brain faster. There's mindfulness techniques um, also so that naming the emotion can be very, very effective in a very short amount of time. And then that mm-hmm. cutting edge technique that I have, again, it, it can do it very, very, very quickly. So for people that are listening today, I would say, you know, first and foremost, just you know, breathe, remember to breathe and be as aware as you possibly can of your breathing, be aware of what you're feeling, be aware of your body. Because life was so fast before, 
mm-hmm. I, you know, people weren't, there's a term, you know, called being grounded, you know, so you're actually like present in your body. And so people were moving so fast, they weren't even present. So now it's, it's, you know, a matter of just being present and in the moment, real time. Yes. So again, without giving you the experience uh, over the wave, you know, over the radio waves here, um, it's a, it's a really good question, but you know, these are all things that are scientifically proven. And then there's ways that you can do it um, that make it even more effective faster. That's great. That's great. All right. So that is all the questions I have for Sophia today. I will leave all her contact information in the show notes. If you want to connect with Sophia or work with her, her links will be there for you guys to click. Thank you again, Sophia, for coming on and talking to us. I had a really good time talking to you today. It was such a pleasure, Jan. And thank you for all that you're doing to bring awareness and laughter and insights to your audience. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Hello 20s. Let's get connected and continue our conversation over on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The links are in the show notes, so you're only one click away. I hope to see you there, and I'll talk to you guys in my next episode. 